You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, thank you so much for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. Uh, we're here at, live at the Mustard Seed in Rapid City. Beautiful building here in the Chancery, the new Ch- Chancery building. And a beautiful store, beautiful Angela and everything. Handing me coffee. Handing, I mean, geez, who doesn't want to host? Service with a smile. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want to host Real Presence Live when Angela brings you coffee? Well, before we move on to our next segment, I just want to remind Everyone who is listening, that you can find Real Presence Live podcasts on our website, realpresenceradio.com, or on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to check those out. That way you can share any of, any of the interviews that you hear today or throughout the week. And then always remember that every show from Monday through Friday is replayed on Saturday. On Saturdays, yeah. I, often that's when I hear them, is on Saturdays. And I love the fact that you can um, share just one, one interview at yeah, a time. Yeah. yeah. So that way, if um, you love listening to Jermaine today, <laughs> you, <laughs> can, you can share that. And you can just you know send it by text or by email to somebody. And um, the other week when my daughter was on, I, I shared that interview. So it went around the country. That's great. And not only does that promote Real Presence Radio, but it gives the the interviews that touch you and your heart and your soul, you get to share those. So what a blessing. It is. Well, Amy, should we actually get on with our interview with Jermaine? Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) So Jermaine Little Bear joined us as the Director of Native American Ministries, or actually Native Ministries, right, for the Diocese of Rapid City. Yes. And welcome. Thank you. It's really great to be here, and I'm so happy to be a part of the diocese. I'm happy to be in this position. Well, we have enjoyed having you so much. Jermaine and I um, work in the same office, and so we're just a few doors down from each other, and her very... Uh, smiling, beautiful face (laughs) has been such a beautiful addition to our chancery. So we're just so excited to have you as part of the diocese and also excited to have you here today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in Rapid City. I was born in Wall, so I'm actually a native of Pennington County also. Besides, Yeah, and I grew up going, I went to Catholic school in, they call it St. John's Evangelist School, and they had the Benedictine sisters. I had Sister Marmion was one of those. Sister Marmion? Yeah, and Sister Lorraine was there when I was there, too. She taught second grade, I remember. She was, in, they called her Sister Lorraine, I think. But <laughs> she was, yeah, and so I really... Uh, you know, grew up here, and I've been a part of the community. Uh, my dad and my parents grew up on the Pine Ridge Reservation. They went to the Holy Rosary Mission, and my dad graduated from St. Francis Mission. But he wanted us to live <clears throat> off the reservation so we would have greater opportunity. He didn't realize it was going to be a little more difficult because we didn't have any peer group, really, because there were very few Native Americans in our city at that time. But very fortunate for me, I attended St. John's School, and I really, really, really blossomed in that school simply because I had wonderful teachers. I had really, all the sisters, we had sisters then where they all wore their habits and everything at the Benedictines. You couldn't see their faces. You didn't know if they had legs or not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, yeah. 
you know, so, but I really was, you know, I really had great teachers. I had great teachers and I really excelled in school and I loved it. You know, and I think that was a good beginning foundation for me. And also the feeling of being accepted, right. you know, and love for whoever I was rather. Yeah. So you I have connections in. both, you know, here on the reservation, but then here in the city. I do because my mother had, was a member of 15 children in her family so yeah and they grew up on the reservation most of my uh, cousins lived on the reservation you know and then my grandmother my um, dad's mother she worked at Holy Rosary for 17 years in the laundry and she was very very true blue catholic she said the rosary taught us to say the rosary every day you know we when we um uh would stay with her down in Manderson you know, and we actually went to St. Agnes Church. We went to the Wounded Knee Church. We mm-hmm. went to St. Peter's. It's no longer functioning, but it was a functioning little parish, little church down there when I was a little girl. And my grandmother didn't have a, a car. You didn't have running water. Didn't have uh, electricity. Didn't have wow. any uh, plumbing or plumbing or anything. So we had to live in the old days. We had to take baths in the. Uh, tub of some kind they had a warm heat water and they had wood stove and you know what when an iron you had to have those iron things that will heat it up on the stove stove, yeah and then you had to have a no running water so you had to boil water for washing dishes and no 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 dish soap or anything you had to rub the bar soap and try to make it sudsy and you know so we it was kind of rustic you know my my grandmother was really really a blessing because of the her um faithfulness to the church and she didn't have a vehicle so we would little we would walk up to the highway the priest from holy rosary would pick us up and take us to church oh yeah it was really neat yeah yeah and uh, my uh, her brother was we called him uncle bill although he really was my grandpa in the native way you know but he uh would ride horseback to church and then he had my cousin lived with him and he would ride horseback and then some of the people came on team and wagon oh yeah. it was really a, and so you have these memories i have these wonderful like memories that. that's yes. amazing and i also made my first communion here at the old mother butler center before oh, before, before the, the flood one. in 1956 nobody oh. was even born that was here yeah 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 so i made my first communion <laughs> then you know and then uh we didn't have a saint Isaac jokes didn't have a church yet at that they later had built had a church built down there on West Boulevard. But then, of course, the flood came and washed everything away. And so they built high up on the hill. We are high up on the <laughs> hill. Yeah, 1972 or whatever. Yeah, so I didn't live here at that time. I moved back in 72, you know. So then I started attending very faithfully at that St. Isaac Jokes. Yeah. I really was a blessing. We have wonderful priests, you know, and there in that church. Yeah, so you've had a lot of experience between then and now, though. Tell us a little bit about your experience, what you did with your life before we talk about this new position you okay. have. Okay, well, I um, I went to Rapid City High School. You know, I went to St. John's in grade school, but then uh, as we moved into West Rapid and it was uh, my mother, there was four, there were six of our children, although the first four of us went to Catholic school, but then uh, we we had to go to public school. Okay, so we went to public school, which was really strange for me because I'd never really gone. And uh, so I had to suffer in effect. In those days, it was not very many Indians, and they moved all their desks away from me. You know, call me squaw, you know, and the neighbors wanted to have a petition to not have our move into the neighborhood that we did. So, you know, I grew up with the feeling that I was not probably okay to be Native American. You know, so I had to overcome that, but I did because I really grew up with a lot of really, like I said, I had a great foundation. 
foundation in, in Catholicism with the Catholic Church from the grade school and the wonderful teachers that I had. And so that gave me the security of knowing that I was okay, right? right. And so then, of course, I had to overcome all those difficulties and everything, so I did. And I went to school at Rapid City High School and graduated midterm from high school because I didn't really like it there. <laughs> I wanted to get out, but I always say to the, I, I later in time, I was a mentor in the school system for the Native American mm -hmm. children because they, um, um, the dropout rate is very high. Mm -hmm. I got an opportunity to tell them, you know, don't quit school, take extra classes. I was 17 when I graduated from high school, and then I went to college for a semester, and I came back and graduated with my class. So I always say, don't quit, just take extra Don't let it, you know, don't... Uh, uh, just drop out, you know, right. do something more so that you can go. When I went to college then, and I didn't graduate, but I got married after three years, and I had four children, you know. And um, so my children went to um, Our Lady of Perpetual Health School for a while. It was called Our Lady of Perpetual oh, Health nice. School, grade school, for just uh, three years old because I came, became a single parent. My, my first spouse was a I had a drinking problem and he, he left, but I stayed with my four little children. So I, for three years, my kids went to school there, but then I couldn't afford to pay the tuition. So then they had to go to public school. And we struggled for quite a few years. I was primarily a salesperson, a direct salesperson. I sold insurance primarily. And then eventually I went selling furniture. The reason I became a salesperson, especially a commission salesperson, because I was my own boss. And oh, because nice. I had those children, I yeah. could attend their programs. Right. I didn't have to take time off from a particular job. And so I had the freedom to do that. So it was a struggle. It was a struggle through all the years raising my children. Eventually, I, I met my childhood, my teenage sweetheart. When I was 16, we would, my, my dad was a musician and my sisters and my brothers were musicians. So they had a band. They play music down to Pine Ridge. And I would go with them because I love to dance. <laughs> and so I danced, and then my uh, this young man would dance with me. We danced through the summer of 1966, and then I came back and went to uh, graduate from high school, yeah. went to college, or whatever. Yeah. Never saw him again. Aww. 25 years later, he, he called me up. Was saw a cousin says, "I saw Jermaine. She's single. You should call her." <laughs> 25 years, and I got I love to reconnected. Those. Yeah, and so then we were together for 28 years. He passed away a year and a half ago, but we were very fortunate in the fact that he he grew up at and he went to Holy Rosary for 13 years. He grew up uh, Catholic, although he went to the Lakota way. So that gave me an opportunity. So did my sister went to Lakota way. So I got the opportunity to participate in the Sundance. You know, and uh, for my husband was a sun dancer for 24 years, you know, and probably about 12 or 16 years was I with him. Mm -hmm. So I, and my sister too, so I attended sweats and I, and I started understanding a little bit about the Lakota way. However, I'd always say I'm Catholic, yeah. you know, but I'm supportive of whatever, you know, the Lakota way too, because that is my heritage. And that's such a perfect background to be able to take your, you know, your your own background and then your knowledge yes. of the Lakota way and then infuse it with, with your Catholic beautiful Catholic church. faith. And so yes. that prepared you perfectly for this position it, that you're entering yeah. now as the director of Native Ministries. Yes, and I'm so grateful because I'm in my hometown too. And so I know the problems of uh, the yeah. situations that people have been experiencing. Yeah. And especially even in the school system. Yeah. So you started with us 
February 16th. February 16th, so yes. just a little bit ago. Yeah, just a little bit ago, but I'm so excited that I get a chance to have this opportunity. Yeah, you know. and you have hit the ground running, so uh, figuratively, not literally, because yeah. you're on crutches. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Slow me down a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. Not too much. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Well, we have to take a break, but I am is I can I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to hear yeah. what is plan what you have planned for oh, for your uh I guess I would say you're probably still in the honeymoon stage of your job at this point, maybe. maybe. I'm still in the honeymoon after five years. Okay. Yeah. See, I'll, I'll probably stay in the honeymoon That's stage, perfect. I hope. See? Yeah. Oh, that, that means you're perfect for this position. So I I can't wait to hear what you have planned. For this, for our, for the Rapid City Diocese, and for the Catholics in our community that are in need and of support and love and just everything that you sound like you are well equipped for. So, thank you. So, all right, well, listeners, stay tuned with us. We're going to take a quick break. We're live here at the Mustard Seed in Rapid City. I'm Karen Gibas, along with Amy Julian, and we'll be right back after the break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Does someone who takes their own life automatically go to hell? I'm Father Chris Alar. In 1993, my grandmother took her life And for years I carried this burden because she committed a grave sin and had no time to repent. But the church states that certain mental conditions may reduce the responsibility of one who takes their own life. You are only eternally lost if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And for a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be present. And one of those conditions is complete free will. I don't believe many people freely want to take their life, so there is hope for their salvation. To learn more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibis along with the talented and amazing Amy Julian. She's going to have a huge head by the time we're done with <laughs> no this <kidding>. show. <laughs> uh, we're here live at the Mustard Seed Store in Rapid City, and we are talking to Jermaine Little Bear. Yeah, it's so nice to have you here and nice to give you the opportunity to talk about your program. So you just started here in February. What made you think about applying for this position? How did you find out about it? Well, I knew about it because I've been involved in the diocese for quite some time. I'm a commission lay minister and I was also an officer in the Association of Commission Lay Ministers for the four years, vice chair, chair, Mm -hmm. chairman, past chair. And I also... Uh, worked with the Chankuwaka retreat, which is a really important part of our uh, ministry and the fact of putting the Lakota way together with the Catholic Church. And my husband had also worked with me, and we worked at 14 retreats at oh, the nice. Chankuwaka retreat. So it's, it's real something that I have a passion for putting together in the Lakota way with the Catholic Church. It's there, beautiful. Thank you. And yeah. so, yeah, we were so excited to have someone with your experience come on board with the diocese. Um, so what are the roles as the director of Native Ministries? What are the roles that you have? Well, one of the things, of course, is to, um, uh, I guess, evangelize in the sense of what we want to do is reach out to the Lakota people that are also Catholic, you know, so, and invite them to attend. You know, there's been, it's going on since 1994, I think it was. So there's been many, many people that have, have benefited by the retreat and a real, and I know I benefit every time I'm a part of it, I benefit, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, uh, we get to have some of the traditional Lakota ceremonies that are included is based on the Curcio movement. Right. However, we uh, incorporate the Lakota language in there for the different and, and give people an opportunity to experience, you know, some of the Lakota traditional ceremonies. So, and then the Catholic too. So it's both becoming Lakota Christians, and it's held at the Sioux Spiritual Center, which in-house. is a beautiful setting, gorgeous. You know, with a beautiful church mm-hmm. and the beautiful uh, environment. Yeah, we and we nature. actually are going to be talking to the director, Carol Brown, after we talk to you. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. And so it's easy to invite people to attend it because it's such a spiritual place. And, it's all, and you know, just being God's creation out there in the middle of nowhere, almost. And so what does Chankawakan, what does that mean? It's a sacred road, holy road. The holy road, road kind yeah. of like the, the two roads? With, um... Well, he talks about the two. It's really like the bread road, the you bread know, road. where we uh-huh. want to go to find God, you know. Mm-hmm. So we want to help people to incorporate that you don't have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. There's one God, you know. Mm-hmm. There's one God, and we all learn how to worship that way. And so putting the two together makes it possible for to have the benefit of both worlds. Yeah. Together. So, um, in addition, to, and you have a Chankuwakan coming up? September. Yes, yeah, September 2nd through the 5th, we're going to have another retreat. So, that's the position. The thing that I'm doing is working on getting, uh, we, I've created a new brochure. Well, one of, me being a salesperson, <laughs> the product, right? That we're, <laughs> we want to have it attractive and colorful and a little bit inviting so people understand it's spiritual. Okay. You know, I like our, our pamphlets to be a little yeah. spiritual to the, because it is a spiritual program. You know, learning how to uh, really learn how to serve God in the Lakota way as well as Catholic Church. You yeah. know, and never having to make a choice. And, and it just is really uplifting. Yeah. It's in confidence building, security building to be who you are. Nice. Yeah. And to have the um, opportunity to encounter God as a Lakota community in the context of, you know, this beautiful Lakota um, I mean, originally this was retreat center was built primarily to serve the Lakota right, people, right? Right. Yes. Yes. And you know, prayer is always uh, 
just a powerful force for good, right? And in the in the Lakota way, in the sweat lodge and everything, there's prayer, you know, and that is and it is so spiritual, you know, and that and, and anybody that comes gets an opportunity to experience that, mm-hmm. you know, and they may have choices either uh, pray for adoration to blessed sacrament benediction or you know I'll talk in circle, which is good too, and communicating with each other and sharing, you yeah. know, sharing a little bit about your life. So there's different opportunities for everybody but you know uh, the thing about it is a prayerful time and it's a time where people give the talks just mm-hmm. like in the Christian movement you know give and it's native people that are giving the talks so you can incorporate it in a lot of you know we try to find people too that are, we have Lakota deacons too you know and people yeah. that speak the language and it is just a really powerful retreat and everybody that shares their talks and everything you know they're so animated they say a prayer Mm-hmm. sing songs or whatever it is there's music there's laughter there's fun and yeah. we're so blessed in our diocese to have such a strong Lakota presence and that was one of the things we talked about pastoral ministry days earlier yeah. that was one of the things we missed the most because yes. traditionally we've had our morning prayer on Monday morning that opens up pastoral ministry days has had a real Lakota presence yes. you know and we've always had um, one of the deacons read the reading um, in Lakota, right. and um, then you, the choir from Saint Isaac Jokes has been there, and and then we have the smudging, and yes. so and then you know, at times we've you know started before morning prayer, we'll start with the four directions prayer, and so we really miss that. So we're yes. looking forward next year. Yes, <laughs> yeah, well, next year we'll presence. have to bring it back. Yes, yeah. oh, that'd yeah, be awesome. Because definitely, yeah, because yeah. we and then the Hispanic ministry usually um, did our sec or you know, Tuesday morning prayer. And so we miss that. We need to be reminded yes. of, you know, all the blessings that we have in this diocese. And yes, so. exactly. And then, of course, now that we want to promote the canonization of our Nicholas Black. Tell us more about that. Yeah. That is so exciting. Well, I've been working on the chunk. We created a new pamphlet, uh, a little more uh, colorful and exciting, pretty much saying the same thing, but just putting in a little more... Uh, colorful way and uh, so now what my job right now what i'm wanting to do also is to create a, be- a little more exciting pamphlet for the the uh saint nicholas blackout a little more spiritual i like spiritual because he's such a spiritual man such an example to all of us yes. you know and, and what a great opportunity it is for us you know and in his vision he visioned it all people as one Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there's so many places in our diocese that, like, they don't have such a Native American presence as we do here. You know, mm-hmm. so there's some places that don't have any idea of the of the situation, the problems, I guess, that the Lakota people sometimes encounter because they don't have to live there. Right. You know, they don't live with it. So, right. and also they miss out on the benefits of the culture. Mm-hmm. And, but but right. also the Native people miss out on the culture of the Germans, the Irish, the you know, right. the right. English, the other. Uh, people that are part of our diverse culture of South Dakota and our diocese of yeah. city. So my what I'm wanting to do is to go out to all these counties. There's 22 counties in our diocese, you know, and some of them have a a, a large native population. Some have none, none, very right, not, right, very little. So I want to travel. <laughs> I yeah. want to travel to all those places, all the counties, yeah. and take some Lakota people with me. Nice. You know, oh, where we I can, or maybe have a cultural festival. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where we can great. all together as one. Uh, are, yeah. you, are you bringing the, the catechism, the two roads catechism? It's thing? kind of a, exciting to put all of it together. You know, oh, to yeah. carry out uh, Black Hawk's vision right. yeah. of seeing us all as one. A community a that community. supports each other. Each other and, and, and 
relishes each uh, different culture yeah. right. and learning and becoming friends and becoming yeah. relationships. Right. And, you know, I think of like the Catholic faith was grafted onto the root of the Jewish faith, you yeah. know. And so we have our Jewish forebears, you know, you know, as Catholics. But then we also here in this area, you know, we've been kind of grafted onto the Lakota history by virtue of the fact that we're here. Right. The 200 years before we were here and for hundreds of years before that, the yes. Lakota people were here. Yes. And so, you know, we're blessed mm-hmm. by their presence. And, but you. we need to be aware of it. Yes, exactly. And that's what I my job. And that's what I want to do. Make us more aware of also for them more aware of us and us more aware for everybody. Amen. Because we're all part of the whole. And then we can be Christ to each other. We can. Yeah. Right. I, I'm actually basing it on, on God's greatest commandment. You mm-hmm. to love the Lord our God with thy whole heart, thy whole yeah. soul and mind and love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen. We're Catholic. We right. all need to live that way. Yeah, and so we want to know our Lakota neighbor. Yes, yeah. It has nothing to do with anything but love. No politics, no Republican, right. yeah. no Democrat, no nothing like that. We're all to love each other yeah. as God loves us. Yeah, and I've seen in the office uh, Veronica Valandra, who yes. had your position be- uh, before Deacon Marlin. Before right? Deacon, for 10 years for before 10 years. Deacon Marlin. Yeah, and she are very good friends. Yeah, and... Yeah, and so following in on her footsteps and the footsteps of Deacon Marlin, who we all miss like crazy. We pray for the repose of his soul and for his family. Yes. But you have a beautiful, um, you know, history to be able to build on there. It's a legacy of some of these great people. Yes, yeah. And fortunately that I've been friends with all of them, you know, so then I can reap the benefits of their experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm finding out every time I mention somebody, Jermaine says, oh, yeah, she's my cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, We're all related, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I want to bring together. Yeah. Is we're all one. We're all part of the mystical body of Christ. Right. right? So what we do with one fix everybody right oh that's beautiful well Jermaine thank you so much for being on today and just you you know let us know if there's anything else you'd ever like to get on and talk about again here we'd love to have you on again I know Amy Mm -hmm. it might even get Amy to host again there you go we'll just walk right next door (laughs) we'll do what sounds like a plan (laughs) well that is so great I am so glad that we have this Native Ministries position filled here in the Rapid City Diocese. I know it's been a a void that we needed filled. So thank you so much for stepping up and, and you know, being the person who is going to bring community back for all of us. And it was worth waiting for the right person. Oh, thank you. I just feel really blessed to have had this opportunity. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, Amy, we are halfway through our first, uh, we're halfway through our hour, our our two hours. <laughs> our two hours of our live show today. I need more coffee. Angela. Angela. No. <laughs> we will be right back after the break. So stay with us here on Real Presence Live. Alrighty. 